What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHux42 on the internet, and I'm here with another edition of Overthinking MTG. So I'm on the gatherer, and let's go ahead and scroll on down to our favorite button, the random card. Let's see what we got. All right, so today we are looking at Sunlance. Now, this is a sorcery that was from uh, Modern Masters. Interesting. Actually, was it re it looks like that might be the only one. That's, okay, I'm sure this was a reprint. It has to have been. So it was a uh, so it's a sorcery for one white. Sunlance deals three damage to target non-white creature. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was one of those color shifted, um, you know, planner chaos spells, if I recall correctly, because it's a white spell that's dealing damage directly to creatures, which is something that white traditionally doesn't do. Unless the creature is like attacking or there's some other caveat that somehow allows them to justify it. Because um, that's the big thing with white. White's focus is on justice and um, equality, I think. See, that's the thing is actually with the different colors, it's really interesting to try to break down exactly what they are and what they're all about because with some it's pretty obvious you know green you've got nature you have life vitality you have the wilds you have um kind of the the idea of like the food chain of um well, natural order and ecology. Okay, cool. With red, you have uh, fire, you have strength, you have um, impulse, you have passion, you have desire, you have strong emotions, big feelings, you have uh, very powerful moments, you have high impulses. Um, so that's you, what you got going with red. Black, you have power, uh, selfishness, um, strength, at all costs and of course death and then you with blue you have control you have deliberation you have careful thought you have meticulous planning you have um physical weakness but mental strength but then with white it's like you've got justice you have holiness you have good. I mean, it's clearly the opposite of black, which is supposed to kind of symbolize what we traditionally associate with evil. So, okay, that makes sense, I suppose. You know, you have the sun being kind of the opposite of the skull. Eh, okay, but it's more than that, because every single color has good and bad associated with it. Um, they, they just do actually the, the wizards has done a very good job of establishing that the different that there is no good guy on the color pie there's no one that is significantly more just and uh good than another it's very easy to associate white with goodness and black with badness but then you have these other shades and they kind of fall all over the place you know um are the orza the orzov for example on ravnica are black and white you know, they're complete opposites. And at the end of the day, from what I understand of the lore, they're extortionists. You know, they're controlling. They're manipulative. The, are they good people? Absolutely not. But white is in their identity because they have a strong sense of law. They have a strong sense of debt. They have a strong sense of um, justice and loyalty and 
well, taxes. I mean, if you think about taxes, that's an effect that we see in white a lot. The idea that you only get to do something if you pay a little extra. Or if you get to do something, well, I'm going to get to do it too unless you pay me a little extra. Or I can do something else. I mean, Smothering Tithe is a great example of um, where whenever you draw a card, I get to create a treasure token unless you pay one. You know, it's just, I'm going to make you pay or I'm going to get a little bit of a benefit. You know, it's very much that tax collector just coming around, just asking for that kickback. You know, you wouldn't want something bad to happen here, would you? It, it's very much that that kind of sense. And like, that is an element of white that exists. You know, actually, looking at the Orzov specifically, I can't help but think of them kind of in terms of, well, to keep it in Wizard's House, I suppose, Dungeons and Dragons alignment. If you're not familiar with that, in D&D, every character has two different, um, there are two axes that all characters are measured on as far as their alignment. There is good versus evil, and you can be good, neutral, or evil. And then you have lawful versus chaotic and you can have lawful neutral or chaotic and so you have the idea where like okay lawful good they're your paladins who always follow the rules and are making sure everybody's following the rules they're the lawmakers they're the good guys they're the the shining white knights they're the heroes then you have chaotic evil those are the crazy fire demons that are just trying to make the world burn you know those are kind of the two extremes but on those axes they go all over the place and one of the one of the alignments that I always found especially fascinating was lawful evil. Because what does that look like? You know, how are you evil, yet you have a strong sense of justice and you follow laws? You know, then it, clearly the laws that you're following can't be the laws of polite society. Because the laws in polite society don't, you know, are kind of a very strict, measurable way of trying to make sure that people behave in a way that is good. At least that's the idea in theory. I mean, we can go, we could debate that till we're blue in the face, you know, how, how effective that is. But I think that's the idea, right? We all agree, we all understand that, like, killing people's bad, so you're not allowed to kill people. Okay, that makes sense. You know, and even then, I know we can get into a debate about it. But in general, you know, that that's kind of the idea. So, when you're looking at something like lawful evil, you look at something like the Orzov, where they have a strong code that they follow, and they follow it to the letter. There are very clear rules. There are very clear expectations. And deviating from those is a cause for punishment. However, the goal of those rules is power. It is personal gain. It is... The objective is bad. You know, like what there are... It's, evil or it's questionable you know the morality of it is questionable and i find that fascinating because then you get the lawful evil where it's like there's a clear set of rules these people are not going to lie to you they are going to keep their word they're going to follow what they set out to do but what they set out to do might be to really hurt a lot of people and dick them over at the expense you know this gain a ton of personal power and personal wealth at other people's expense so that's lawful evil and so i go off on all this tangent because sunlance here Sorry, which, which direction? Uh, Sunlance here is um, definitely a color pie break in that it's white, but it deals direct damage kind of at no cost to anything else. Now, the one thing about it is you can't d deal damage to white creatures. So that's a, a rule that is hard and fast that kind of makes sense. You know, the idea that it can't hurt its own. 
you know, there's this loyalty factor, perhaps. But that flavor doesn't really stand out when you look at cards like Terror or Dark Banishing, which are the black equivalents where they can only target non-black creatures. Well, black doesn't have any kind of allegiance. They don't have any kind of loyalty to other black creatures. They're chaotic. You know, they're they're the chaotic evil, you know, in broad strokes. There's, it's not a perfect map by any means. They don't map one-to-one. But in general, that's the idea there. So here we have a situation where white is dealing direct damage to a creature, and the only caveat is that it's not a white creature. It's not a creature with power four or greater. It's not a creature. If your opponent has more creatures than you on the board, it's not um, a creature, you know, not dealing damage unless your opponent pays something. You know, those are all ones that have a little bit more of that white lawful flavor to them where here are the rules and if I need to write the rules as we go that's fine but we're both going to follow them you know that's what makes Wrath of God such a wonderful white card like when I first looked at it I was like how is that white like destroying everything feels like it should be black you know Wrath of God if you're not familiar it's it's I just assume because it's just out there so much to the point where board wipes are often referred to as wraths just in you know, in reference to it, it costs uh, two generic and two uh, two white mana. So for four, destroy all creatures that can't be regenerated. All creatures. Yours, mine, his, hers. If it's a creature on the board, it's gone. And at first I was like, how is that white? That feels like it should belong to black or maybe even red. Because the idea of just a big explosion and everything dies doesn't feel white to me. But then I thought about it again. And it, the fact that it's universal, it's like, no, right now, creatures are not allowed. No one may have creatures. <laughs> you know, and then they're, they're out. And even the name, Wrath of God, flavorfully, if you think of things, you know, the biblical plagues and the great, you know, the flood, it, it, so many cultures have the idea of a mass extinction event brought on by a vengeful de- deity. Um, deity, deity? I'm going to say deity for now. I'll pronounce it differently another time, I'm sure. So the idea of a vengeful deity, I already did it. Um, <laughs> the idea of a vengeful deity destroying everything is not, a you know, that that's something that we're all familiar with. That's something we've seen, something we've heard. It, you know, it's like, okay, flavorfully in a fantasy context, that fits. And so that's what this is. So it's holy justice you know, judgment on high saying that all things are bad. You know, all creatures are bad. I am displeased. Uh, remove them from my from my sight. You know, it's kind of the general idea of that card. Well, Sunlance, by comparison, it's targeted removal. You're hitting a specific creature. That doesn't feel very white at all because it's only impacting you, not impacting me whatsoever. So it's not universal. There's no justice. There's no prid quo quo. Quid pro quo. That's the expression I was looking for. There's no quid pro quo. There's no justice. There's no equality. There's no exchange. This is just a white lightning bolt that you can only use to target non-white creatures. So it's like if you took if you took terror or no, if you took dark banishing, which is a black removal spell that can only target non-black creatures, and you combined it with lightning bolt. And made it white for some reason. Um, I'm fairly certain this was a planner chaos kind of thing. Because, you know, white is having 
you know, white is kind of the least clearly defined color in the color pie, in my opinion. Um, you know, I struggle the most with identifying exactly what white's trying to do and exactly what white's flavor is. I mean, hell, I've spent the majority of this episode just trying to explain my understanding of it. And to be honest, I'm not sure that I did a great job, and I'm also not sure that I really get it. You know, white is um, white is very unique. Uh, it it is a unique creature in the in the color pie. And so here we have. Well, it's very clearly a color pie break for white. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't know exactly what white is, but I sure know what it isn't. And this isn't a, a traditional white card. You know, the, the, these effects don't really belong in white. Um, you know, it's its own take on it. All right. Uh, so that is what it is, I suppose. I'm going to go ahead and... So this is from Modern Masters, which I'm fairly certain was 100% reprint. So I'm going to go ahead and just double check. Yeah, it was originally printed in Planner Chaos. That makes sense. Okay. So in that case, I'm not mad. It's a, you know, Planner Chaos, the whole idea was it was a whole set devoted to color pie breaks, uh, which for us Commander players out there, we're all having to live with. <laughs> um, that said, I say all that as though uh, my my Commander that I play a lot actually is a Ten of the Harvester, who was originally printed in Planner Chaos. So um, yeah, I probably shouldn't besmirch this too much. <laughs> anyway. So Sunlance, it's an interesting card. It's not a bad little piece of removal if you're in a limited environment specifically. Um, you know, it's, it's not that it plays poorly by any means, but at the, the same time, it's not powerful enough. So if you are running white in another type of deck, it's certainly not powerful enough to justify slotting it in um, by itself. Just as a removal spell, you have better options, guaranteed, no matter what format you're looking at. So let's see. Um, then let's just take a look at the flavor text while we're here. Um, it's easy for the innocent to speak of justice. They seldom feel its terrible power. Orem, Samite Inquisitor. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the discussion of, uh, Wrath of God specifically, because holy crap, that feels, that flavor text reads like it should be on Wrath of God, in my opinion. Um, I'm not familiar with Orem specifically. I'm sure there's an interesting story there. I'll definitely have to check that out. It's easy for the innocent to speak of justice. They seldom feel its terrible power. That is a really chilling thought, and I feel like that touches on a lot of what we discussed here today. Um, huh. Well, and with that, I guess um, that is a lovely note to end on, I suppose. So thanks so much for hanging out. I appreciate it as always. I also stream over on Twitch. You can find me twitch.tv slash hammocks42. I am there every morning, 530 to 630 Eastern Time. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks so much, and I hope you're having a fantastic day. Catch you next time.